This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. He barely played college football at a college called Baker College in Baldwin City, Kansas. I have not heard of Baker College. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. I'm getting confused. What game are you calling? I'm calling both games. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Steps back. A three ball for the tie from the top. It is good. Cassidy Beam knocks down the tray. And we're tied at 27. Everything happening in the sports world. These diva wide receivers wanted to go to the bathroom. As a defensive lineman, we didn't go to the bathroom. You sat on the bench, did your business, and you got up. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I would take toothpicks and stick them in my eyes. That's <laughs> I'd rather do that than watch that show. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, Ready to go for some bullpup basketball tonight, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It didn't look like we were going to play for a while. I always felt good. Yeah, I know you did. Now, every other school is pretty much done today. As far as being in school or playing tonight? Well, pretty much both. Yeah. Heston's, I think Mount Ridge Heston's... and Inman are about the only two schools that are in school today. Oh, they are in school. Yeah, they had a two-hour delayed start. Okay. But in terms of games that will not be happening tonight, if your name is not McPherson in the area... I thought Heston was playing. Well, you didn't let me finish, Steve. I said if you're not named McPherson, then you're pretty much not playing. The only one that I think still is is Heston and Halstead. They have not postponed anything yet. Okay. So let's rattle off the ones that are not playing tonight. All righty, let's do. Mount Ridge and Inman. It was, going ri- to be, it was going to be a big slugfest. The greatest rivalry west of the Mississippi. But it will have to wait until another day. That's right. Because they're postponed tonight. Elyria Christian and Rural Vista, they're postponed. Kent Galva and Gossel, they're postponed. Little River and Center, they're postponed. Smoky Valley all the way at Hoisington, they are postponed. The only one that we think has not been postponed yet, Heston and Halstead, as well as McPherson, on the road at El Dorado. And we should make note that the Canton Galva Gossel was actually postponed yesterday, but it wasn't because of the impending storm, because let's face it, they're not very far apart. They're only like, what, eight miles apart. Gossel had an outbreak of sickness, is, was, is my understanding. Correct. And could, did they not. They shut down school. They shut down school due to sickness. So they weren't going to play today anyway, even if the weather, because let's face it, they're they're very close, I think. Had Gossel not had the sickness, I'm almost positive they would have played. They had the sickness. Yeah. Gossel's got the sickness down yeah, there. I knew. I was, whenever I saw that story pop up, I, I thought in my head, how many people would have had to have been sick at my school, my high school, to have canceled? Because we had 2,400 people that I went to high school with. How many do you think would have to realistically be sick for them to say, okay, let's let's not have school today? Probably about a Eight, thousand? I was going to say a thousand, at least a thousand. If a thousand people called in sick, I think they would... And how many of those thousand would have actually been sick that called in? That's true. We would have been pulling a Ferris Bueller's Day off. Ferris. That's our second Save Ferris reference of the of the week. That is Ferris Bueller, yeah. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. Steve, are you excited for some bullpup basketball tonight? 
Yeah. We haven't I, had Friday night basketball since January 3rd. I know. Been a long time. And uh, these games, quite honestly, I'll be surprised if we don't have running clock in both of them. The girls, for sure. I, unless, you know, uh, unless El Dorado plays the game of its life, I think that game will be in running clock. The boys' game, not so much. I'm not sure, but. I have a pretty good feeling it will be. If the Bullpups play, let's, let, I'll just rephrase that. If the Bullpups play like they did against Augusta, it'll be in running clock. Because Augusta, I think, had El Laredo in running clock. Okay. Well, we're still planning on everything going as planned. And it's our understanding the the interstate is okay. Yeah. And uh, the weather's moving out. Because, you know, I'm, I get very nervous about bad weather. You know how I am. I might just blindfold Steve and sit him in the back seat and just tell him to lay down and not have to look at anything. In the fetal position. Yeah, just lay down in the fetal position and because we'll, we'll I'll, show I'll, up in El Dorado. I'll be saying my Hail Marys and please, you know, please watch over us on the way down. But from what we've been told, the roads are uh, – the wrestling team got down to Newton, no problem. And uh, uh, the road's just wet. And apparently the, the stuff is moving out. So right now the big thing might be the wind – because it may be very windy. We're going to have a wind delay. A, well, just, you know, blowing you off the road. We'll be all right. I think we'll be fine. I'm in control. You are in I'll control. get us to the promised land. Okay. And everybody else can stay home, and we'll just call the game, and you'll listen here. Okay. It might be a smattering of McPherson fans making moms and dads. That might be about it tonight. Grandmas and grandpas. Steve, we have a lot to get to today. Number one, Chiefs-Titans coming right. up on Sunday. We've got to talk about that showdown. But the story that we are now talking about for the fourth day in a row, with something new happening and something breaking pretty much as soon as we get off the air, okay, is the MLB baseball scandal. Right. Video gate, whatever we want to call it. I'm sick of everybody putting gate at the end of things and, well, I, and, and blaming it. Christopher Russo on MLB Network. The Mad Dog. Today he said, I'm done after today. I'm not talking about this anymore. He said, it's a disgrace. And he says, I don't like talking about disgraces. Well, he's going to have to continue to talk about it because it's, this is not good. So the new piece of evidence that came in yesterday. And very damaging to me. And I guess it's not really evidence yet, but it is more of a speculation and an idea that people are starting to think has some substance is that there are people that are saying that during this Astros scandal, not only were they able to use video monitoring and, and be able to make some noise in the dugout and say, hey, fastball, or hey, off speed. But that apparently the new accusation is that members of the Houston Astros, including Jose Altuve, were wearing buzzers underneath their jerseys. And what I mean by that is, Steve, have you ever had a dog? I've had a dog. Did you ever have to have a shock collar for the dog? So, I'll add one. So let, let's just imagine that these guys are wearing something similar to a shock collar underneath their jerseys, some sort of buzzing mechanism. Izzy does. Izzy, yeah. shock collar. Yeah, Izzy Stryker does. had to wear Baby one. Baby Izzy, yeah. Stryker did not like the sound. Oh, you could neither, either do sound or neither buzz. Neither does Baby Izzy. But let's say Jose Altuve's got a little shock underneath his jersey, and somebody is sitting back in the video room Zoomed in on how many fingers that catcher's throwing down. One, two, four. He might be doing all sorts of stuff. But depending on the amount of buzzing that he feels from whoever's watching it, he might say one buzz is fastball. 
two buzzes change up and that he had an opportunity to know. And this becomes relevant because remember in the series against the Yankees this year when Araldus Chapman's in the game and he is pumping 150 mile an hour fastballs. The hardest thrower in baseball. But then he decided to go with the changeup and Jose Altuve blasted it to the moon. And, and I remember at the time they said it was like, I think one of the announcers was something like, man, he guessed right or he knew that. was. It was like he knew it was coming. Well, he did know it was coming. Well, that's the accusation is that because they, he absolutely tomahawked that changeup. Is that some of these Astros guys have been wearing this technology that helps them know what pitches are coming. And then when he ran around the bases, did you see that part? Right, and to where he was saying, don't rip my jersey off That's right. in the celebration. Yeah, he was he was going, no, 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 don't do anything to my jersey, you know. So, and Altuve has denied, he says, I've never worn a device. Well, so, they've all denied everything a part of this yeah, scandal so far. Yeah, they've lied so, so I don't believe him. Where I'm getting to with this is, and I think I said it last night, I watch all of this happening, and the more technology that is being used, the more I think this is going to be exposed that a lot of different people have been doing this. But if this is true, and they have proof of Jose Altuve wearing some sort of buzzer mechanism underneath his jersey with somebody else tipping him off in another room with a video camera in front of him. I think this could be banishment from baseball. I think this could be whatever the death penalty is for baseball, well, the Pete I, Rose treatment. I, I think that's in the realm of possibility. I think they're almost to the – if they can get this verified, you have to take the championship away from them. I don't know who do they play Dodgers? Yes. You make the Dodgers the world champions. I'm not a big fan of that because they won. I think it's just more of nobody wins. Oh, you want to do like when Villanova vacated when they had uh, in back in the lost in the NCAA tournament championship game and Howard Porter I think ended up being a legal player and they vacated their runner-up finish. Well, or like Louisville a couple years ago where they're saying, oh, Rick Patino, this. Okay, well, they didn't win it in 2013. Well, you can't go and say, okay, well, because they didn't win it, that means Michigan won. Yeah. I, I don't like that because they didn't win. It's a, And I don't like taking things away either. But there is certainly going to be a mark next to oh, this Astros this run. Is a, this is a stench, a stain, and it stinks. I just continue to follow this and think this is going to end up in the death penalty for some of these guys, and that all these reputations, all the stories about little Jose Altuve, the little engine that could, Steve Sells' idol, another little guy. Another that's, elf. That's able to get things done. I just think we're going to find out more and more about this, and it might result in Jose Altuve never playing baseball again. Well, I, I just keep thinking the more that technology is involved, the worse these well, punishments you know, are going to be. All the guys that are not on the Astros now that were in 2017, you know what they're thinking? Book deal. They can describe all the cheating in a book and make big money on okay, it. Okay, well, book deal's not very good for those guys that make millions and millions of dollars in salaries. Doesn't matter. I don't think they care about the $100,000 they could make on some book. Ooh, can make more than that. I don't think they're going to make too much money, but... When I look at with this as well, Steve, and something that I keep thinking in my head, okay, so, and I've said it, hinted at it at least once on the show this week, baseball is a game of cheating. That's kind of the fun thing about baseball, 
is there is that element of cheating where where you are trying to get, get the edge. Get every little edge that you can. There are, there are all sorts of ways that you can cheat and I describe one of them as you trying to throw a runner out and you throw the tag on the guy and even if you think he's safe you lift your glove in the air and start jogging off the field. And sure. so you show it to the umpire and say, hey, he's out, I'm, I'm going in. There are all sorts of elements to, quote, cheat in baseball. And that's part of what makes this game fun. But when you bring in the technology and you cheat in these ways, that is when it becomes, to me, not in the realm of just playing baseball. If, like you said on, I think, Tuesday... If you were standing over at third base and you could tell that little Johnny Smith was going to drop down a bunt and, and you knew the sign and that you were going to work your way in, well, that's just a part of the game. Right. But when you've got somebody's mom sitting out in the center field bleachers with binoculars, zooming in and trying to tell if little Johnny's going to get a curveball or not, and then texting him with his phone in his back pocket, knowing that if it buzzes that it's time to swing at the curveball, it changes the game. And this is not a fair way to change the game. And who knows? This kind of stuff could have been happening for the last decade. Oh, yeah. For the last two decades. We don't know how long it's been. This could have been happening in the 1970s. But now that we're starting to see it, I think this is going to end very badly. And what did I say to you last night, Steve? I wouldn't be shocked if this turns out and we start uncovering every single team is doing things like this. Not Sailor Ned. Every single team has, 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 a, has a finger in this. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what comes of this. Would you? No, not at all. Because there's so much technology, social media. And to be honest, this is not that difficult of a technology. No. This is nothing too sophisticated besides looking at the video camera and, well, you're, and using a buzzer. And watching, you know... They're seeing the shot that we see at home. We see, you know, the signs the catcher puts down. Right. I mean, it's pretty simple, but there, there's always been an unwritten rule that you don't, you don't steal signs. It's like if a if a if a batter looks back right before the pitch, and the catcher sees that you know he's looking at him, he'll take exception to that. Well, they'll they'll drop down the the middle finger instead of the That's right. index finger and and say hit the guy. That's right. There are some unwritten rules with it. And I think certainly using buzzers and all these systems, it is not going to be good. So that's the fourth day in a row that we've talked about this. And it is a story that I think is going to continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse. It's going to get nauseating. Not good. Not good at all. Steve, let's talk about something that is good. Let's do. AFC Championship game. Chiefs. Sunday afternoon. Big Red. Arrowhead Stadium. Be there. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, it's almost crunch time. In 49 hours, we'll be getting ready for the Kansas City Chiefs to take on the Tennessee Titans. Have your thoughts changed 
any at all this week in terms of how you see this game playing out? No. Okay. I just I think the Chiefs, I like them. I think right now they're clicking. Uh, I'm always a big believer one guy can't beat an entire team. And let's face it, Tennessee is basically Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is really the guy on the spot because uh, who was it that predicted that – oh, Nate Burleson on CBS, I believe it is, said that Tannehill will throw more touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's okay. Which as long doesn't as Derrick, mean they're going to win. Does As long as Derrick Henry doesn't score three touchdowns too. But I, I just feel like this is the time. There's no New England. Baltimore got knocked out. That was the big fear was Baltimore. There's no Pittsburgh lingering no around. No Pittsburgh. Peyton Manning. He's doing shows no on Colts. ESPN. The Colts have been, you know, they've been a thorn in the side of the Chiefs. So I just think it's set up for the Chiefs to win it or to make the Super Bowl this time. And I wrote a column today on Andy Reid. And I said, if nothing else, the Chiefs needed to win for Big Red because he's taken a lot of flack in his career, even though he's in the, what, top 10 all-time wins of coaches probably? Probably more than that. I would – I He, he sure, might be top eight, top six. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where he is, but he's up there. And if you win that many games, you're doing something right. And I will be the first to say sometimes his clock management at the end of games is not oh, good. So, really? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Oh, no. But, no, no but way. But as far as a regular season coach, I mean, you won't find hardly – anybody better well what I've said a couple of times this week and I will stand by it this is not Trent Green's Kansas City Chiefs this is not this is not Elvis Gerbach this is not Matt Castle this is not Alex Smith this is not Tyler Palco it's a new era there's a new chief in town there's a new gunslinger in town and his name is Patrick Mahomes And the thing that I have started to learn about Patrick Mahomes, I don't like to say this young man because he's like six months younger than me. Yeah. But what I've started to learn about this guy is that whatever it is, whatever it is. He's got it. He has it. He does have it. Whether that is the physical right arm and shoulder that can throw a football as well as anybody I've ever seen or whether it is what goes on between the ears. And I don't know if that goes back to all of his time with his dad being a professional athlete and being around locker rooms, or whether it is just his demeanor as a whole. Whatever it is, he has. Because he is one heck of a leader. And I was telling somebody earlier today, when I watch the way that he handles himself and conducts his business... It is not in the manner of a 24-year-old, second-year starting quarterback. It is in the manner of what you would have seen Drew Brees at earlier this year. It's what you would have seen Peyton Manning in his prime. It's what you would see with Tom Brady. It is wise beyond his years. And I think we especially saw that in the games on Saturday in the divisional round. And this is not taking a shot at Lamar Jackson, but I don't think Lamar Jackson was quite ready for that moment. I don't think he was quite prepared for the adversity, and maybe it was simply shock. They were 14-2, and hadn't lost in a long time, and I don't think they handled it, the Ravens handled that well on the sideline. 
But now that we have seen what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs and playing Houston on Sunday, we're seeing all these videos and all this audio of Patrick Mahomes saying, all we need is one play. Stay in it, guys. Mm -hmm. Stay in it. Mm -hmm. And his leadership, I think, was pretty remarkable on Sunday. And I think that that has a chance to carry over not only into this week, but into a Super Bowl. And you sometimes hear coaches, whether it's high school coaches, whether it's college coaches, you hear people talk about, we is greater than me. Mm -hmm. There's no I in team. Right. Patrick Mahomes has been a great example of that at consistently saying we. Yeah, and he gives credit to everybody else after the game. My teammates, he always says, my teammates did a great job. We did this. We did this. Yeah. There's not much I. And something about that guy gives me a lot of faith in the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think it has given Kansas City a lot of faith, especially after being down 24 to nothing in an AFC playoff game at home in times that they've seen this happen before and Chiefs fans are ready to give up. But something just tells me that all this talk about Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, he's going to run and run and run and run and run. Something tells me the Chiefs are going to be able to stop him enough and that they are going to be able to score early, take a lead, and force them to go away from feeding Derrick Henry the rock up the middle 35 times. I don't think Tennessee does that this weekend. I really don't. Well, that's why the start's so important. If the Chiefs can get up 14 in the first quarter, then, you know, Tennessee's got to start thinking about throwing the ball a little more because Tannehill has not thrown the ball hardly at all in the postseason. I was watching uh, one of the NFL shows, and they said, you know, when you don't throw the ball, you play a couple games and you hardly throw the ball. When it comes time that you have to throw, you're a little rusty. And, you know, you got to get on the same page with your receivers, and it might take a half to get back into the groove. And one thing that you and I talked about a lot earlier on in the season was this Chiefs defense has to has to find a way to force teams to three. Zero or three. Right. You hold them to a field goal, no matter how much time they take off the clock, it's a win because the Chiefs are a touchdown scoring machine. Now, the weird thing about Tennessee is, Steve, I saw a touchdown or a scoring chart for the Titans over about the last four games. They haven't kicked a field goal since like week 15 wow. of the season. So this has been a tough team to hold to three. And I think if the Chiefs can just hold Tennessee to three, they have enough offense to go win these games. And I think that they will have enough offense on Sunday to go win. Tennessee is not going to score 31, 34 points in this game. Not at Arrowhead, they shouldn't. If Tennessee wins, it's going to be because their defense slowed down Patrick Mahomes. And you look at the first game between these two in Tennessee, the Chiefs actually were in control much of that game. They were up what, right. 11 in the fourth quarter. And then crumbled. Choked. And that is the other word that we've tried to not talk about as much this weekend. But again, Chiefs, seven-point favorites at home against the quarterback that cannot throw the ball. This is another game that this franchise, for the legacy of Patrick Mahomes, for the legacy of Andy Reid, and for the sanity of Chiefs fans, <laughs> I think they've got to win. And I, and I really think getting to the Super Bowl will satisfy a lot of Chiefs fans, even if they don't win it. Yeah. I think just getting there because they know, you know, they've been through this before with the Royals. The Royals got to the World Series, first time in, what, 30 years or 29 years, whatever it was. 
they were very satisfied to get to the World well, Series. They were pretty excited to win the wild card game. Yeah, exactly. And and then they come back the next year. Now, the next year in 2015, they felt like we've got to win it because they knew the team was going to get probably dismantled shortly after because they can't afford everybody. So they won the World Series against the Mets. All right, Steve, I need your official prediction. I think you posted it somewhere I did. earlier this week. But I need your official score prediction. 41 Chiefs, 35 Titans. Man, you're giving Ryan Tannehill and that offense a lot of credit. I really am. You're giving them a lot of credit. Well, I had Derrick Henry on my fantasy football team, and he was money. My official on-the-record prediction. Okay. I haven't thought about it until exactly this second, but I have an idea. Okay. I'm going to say Kansas City, 34, Tennessee, 17. Ooh. 34-17. You're not even thinking it's going to be close. 34-17. All right. That's my official prediction. That means they have to kick a field goal. They haven't kicked a field goal in a long time. Well, they might kick one early. They don't have suck-up anymore, do they? No, Ryan suck-up is gone. They had to sign some guy in like week 15 that hasn't kicked one. He was kind of a suck-up anyway to Chiefs fans. South Carolina. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. He was. All right, Steve, one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, Steve, are you excited for the weekend? I am. Very excited. I'm ready for some Chiefs. That's what I'm ready for. You're in, anticipating that two o'clock kickoff, two o five, whatever hate to break it is. It to you, but the cheese popcorn—it's gone. You got rid of the cheese popcorn? It's—we it's, it, ate it all. Man, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I have to go buy some more. I thought that cheese popcorn was pretty good. Some topsies. Yeah, really good. What else are you excited about for this weekend, Steve? Well, see if the Bulldogs can win their seventh game in a row. Matt College men—they're on a roll. And the Newton Tournament champions, the Bullpups, uh, of course, wrestled Washburn Rural last night. Washburn Rural, during the day on Thursday, climbed the number one in 6A. So the Bullpups lost to the number one team in 6A, 45-14. But I thought they gave a real good account of themselves. Yeah, it was a very exciting night of wrestling as well. Very intense. Very long. Longest duel I've ever covered. It was pretty long. Over two hours. But, Steve, we are... Planning on bullpup basketball tonight. Yeah. There has been no word. It is 12.58 and 12 seconds, and we have had no word of any sort of postponement. So, at this point, feeling pretty good. They're going to play. I mean, interstates, from from all indications, the interstate's fine. People are going 70, so let's do it. We'll see about that. Yeah. So, you need a blindfold to make sure we get down there. You just don't have to look. I'll probably wrap up in... A blanket or something. That's kind of the way my mother is when we drive. She doesn't like going over a bridge. Yeah. Or if a car kind of starts driving up next to us, she'll kind of move away from the door. I feel like that's the way you will be today. Just very afraid of every little puddle. From everything I've heard, I don't think it's that bad. So we will be in El Dorado. We'll find out. Yep. The great city of El Dorado. That's right. We'll be there. 540 pregame begins. 
You're Mitchell on KDBE. Will be in the house on the board. You're right. Steve, good show today. Good. Proud of you. Always. We'll see you tonight. All right. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Salem, Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tonight on the road in El Dorado. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.